Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Our world was at one point in time in history perfectly fine with that. We would drag Christians into coliseums. We would set them in hollowed out little metal mechanical bull type things and we would burn them alive in those things. Or we would feed them to lions or we would rip them apart by various means or we would take gladiators and kill these guys. We celebrated their deaths. We would pack out stadiums to watch Christians die. We've heard messages about the persecution of the church and its people throughout all of history. Many headlines today report the persecution and murder of Christians all over the world, and that persecution is increasing in our own country. There was a time when the church was just starting, when that type of behavior was accepted and even applauded. It's becoming acceptable today to ridicule and label Christians as haters. Today, Pastor James reminds us to stand strong during these persecutions. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Revelation chapter 7, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. Now remember, if Jesus is not God, this is idolatry. This is blasphemy. Because this group, as John, and John knows Jesus, and John knows God, and John is standing in heaven, and he's watching all this play out, and these people are worshiping God and worshiping Jesus as if they are one and the same, because they are one and the same. It says, and all the angels were around, standing around the throne, and around the elders, and the four living beings, and those are the ones who are crying out, holy, holy, holy. And they fell before the throne with their faces to the ground and worshiped God. And they sang, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength belong to our God forever and ever, amen. This all kind of sounds somewhat repetitive, right? If you're thinking about it, you're like, it seems like we've heard these same songs before. And it's like, yeah, they keep singing these songs. And they're all in unison. They all say the same thing, that God is worthy of all of these things. He's worthy of thanksgiving. He's worthy of honor. He's worthy of glory and wisdom and power and strength. This is one of the 24 elders asked me, who are these who are clothed in white and where did they come from? And I said to him, sir, uh, you are the one who knows. He's like, "Um, why are you asking me? I would be saying the same thing. I'd be like, dude, I don't know. Like, why are you asking me? You're one of the 24 elders. I don't even know who you are, but I'm sure you know, right? Who are these ones? What's, what's sig- significant about this is John understands that, well, these guys aren't part of the church because he would probably recognize some of them, nor are they part of like the Old Testament prophets, because he would have recognized some of those guys, because we know that he's already recognized Moses and Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration. This is a whole new group. And this is why we, we understand that these guys are they're individuals who get saved during the tribulation time. 
So the elder's like, hey, who are these guys? Um, who are they clothed in white? Where did they come from? Sir, I, you're the one who knows. Then he said to me, these are the ones who died in the great tribulation. They have washed their robes in the blood of the lamb and made them white. Well, that's an interesting concept. How does blood make anything white? I got blood on me right now. Blood doesn't make anything white, right? Like it stains everything. Oh, but not the blood of Jesus. Not the blood of Jesus. Uh, the greatest stain fighter known to mankind, right, is the blood of Jesus. You got a little stain in your life, just squirt some, you know, get some of that on you and uh, cleans you right up. Um, it's amazing. But that's who they are, the ones who've died during the tribulation. To follow Jesus has cost these guys their lives during the tribulation. Because during the tribulation, uh, in order, you know, if you are going to be a, a Christ follower, if you're going to follow Jesus, it will absolutely cost you your life. Absolutely. And we say, well, how could that be? Um, it doesn't seem like we're too far away from that kind of mentality right now. Because to, we live in a world that we don't do real well with disagreeing with each other. Like, we just don't know how to handle that anymore. Like, nobody can have two opposing views anymore. Because if you don't agree with me, well, then I just hate you. And if I don't agree with you, well, then you just hate me. And it's like, that's, where's logic? Where's reasoning? Where's just conversation? Where's understanding? Where's compassion? We are, it feels as though we're on this slippery slope. And you will get to a point, and we know this because the, the word is true, but you will get to a point where um, the, the, man, the biggest problem for this world, as far as they're concerned, has always been Christians. It's always been the church. It always has been. And it, whatever we're fighting now, let me, just let me um, bring some clarity to our hearts and our minds. Um, people are not the enemy. People have never been the enemy. The enemy is the enemy. The enemy is Satan. Ephesians tells us that. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us. He's like, you don't, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. And there's an enemy that is out there, and he is really good at being divisive. He is really good at tearing people apart. He is really good at getting people so angry with one another that they will physically harm each other simply because I think you're wrong. And so I'll kill you. There'll become a point in time where our world will be okay with this. You killed somebody, oh, but they were a Christian? Okay, that's cool. Our world will be okay with that. I want you to understand that. Our world was at one point in time in history perfectly fine with that. We would drag Christians into coliseums. We would set them in hollowed out little metal mechanical bull type things, and we would burn them alive in those things, or we would feed them to lions, or we would rip them apart by various means, or we would take gladiators and kill these guys. We celebrated their deaths. We would pack out stadiums to watch Christians die. History will repeat itself. Revelation tells us that. History will re repeat itself, and the death of Christians will be celebrated. That's sad. We have two witnesses that are going to show up in, the Re in Revelation. We believe that those are, that's Moses and Elijah. That's 
most majority of people think that that's who that is, right? It's going to be Moses and Elijah. Or it could be Enoch and Elijah because those dudes never died, right? Regardless of who it is, there will come a moment where those guys are used by God to go around this earth and proclaim a message that is just absolutely contrary to worldly thought. And when they're brutally murdered in the streets, the world throws a party. And it's on Facebook Live, Instagram TV, it's on everything in the world. And it literally tells us, we'll, we'll be there pretty soon. The word literally tells us people will give gifts to each other because these two guys died. They'll celebrate the death of Christians. The world will celebrate the death of Christians. You have all these martyrs. They're in heaven. White robes, cleansed by the blood of, of Jesus. But they're waving palm branches because they're victorious. They're not losers. They're victorious. And this isn't the church. We're already there. We're, man, we're celebrating with these guys. We've already been singing these songs in heaven. We've already been singing these songs. And these guys join in. It's amazing. Verse 15 through 17, this is this last little section here. It says, that is why they stand in front of God's throne and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will give them shelter. They will never again be hungry or thirsty, indicating the fact that on this earth, they were probably hungry and thirsty because we already know, and we're going to see specifically in the end times in the great tribulation. I mean, we've already seen it. A loaf of bread was going to cost you a full day's wage. So you got these people that, I mean, they're being starved. Why are they being starved? Because they won't take the mark of the beast. And if you don't take the mark of the beast, then you don't get any bread. And good luck trying to find fresh water to drink because half of that stuff, a third of that stuff is gone. So when it comes down to it, when we decide who lives and who dies, the world is going to say, you're a Christian, you're at the bottom of the list. You're at the bottom of the list. There's been no group that has been more persecuted on this earth throughout in the history of the world than Christians. No group. Nobody has endured the type of persecution. Now, you might say, well, the Jews, the Jews have gone through tremendous amounts of persecution as well. Millions of them died not that long ago in Europe. Um, They've had tremendous, from the beginning, Jews have been persecuted, absolutely. The church continues to be persecuted. The church will be persecuted until the very end. And, and even believers who surrender their lives to Jesus in the end of it all, I mean, their lives are taken from them. And that will include Jewish believers as well. But lots of people are getting saved. That's the cool thing about this whole chapter is you've got 144,000. We can talk, we'll talk specifically about those guys in a, little, in a couple of chapters, but I mean, they're out there proclaiming the gospel, and people are just getting saved. People are getting saved. The world is literally falling apart, and in the midst of chaos, people are finding perfect peace and perfect joy in Jesus. They'll never be hungry or thirsty again. That's a cool thing about heaven. One thing you should be excited about concerning heaven, food's going to be amazing, right? Like, food's going to be awesome. I don't care what you think. Um, food is going to be spectacular. Now, if you're a... Uh, a uh, carnivore, 
um, you know, you need to prepare yourself because I don't think meat will be on the menu in heaven, all right? And you're like, oh, bummer. Why not? Well, um, no. The tr- the, listen, all the trees that are going to be there and the fruit from the trees, I mean, maybe God has a way of taking this fruit and making it taste like uh, filet mignon. I don't know, right? Like, just delicious. You'll eat it and you'll be like, this is the best steak I've ever had, right? And it's like, eh, it's, and it's good for you too. Um, I don't know how any of that stuff works, but I do know this, and I agree with my, uh, my, my, my good buddy, Mike Schumann, who lives in Long Island, New York, Bible college, roommate of mine, half Italian, half Jewish, um, just an amazing guy uh, who is like, I'm, he's looking forward to, he loves Jesus with all his heart, but he is convinced the best donuts are going to be in heaven, and he cannot wait to get to heaven to eat, because this dude loves donuts. Um, but he can't wait. He, I remember he'd tell me that all the time through in Bible college. He's like, we go get donuts before class and stuff. And he's like, can you believe what the donuts are going to be like in heaven, right? And he always talks with his hands. He always did this, um, kind of like I do too. But uh, I agree with Mike Schumann. I can't wait for heavenly donuts. I can't wait for whatever grub is going to be in heaven. Let's go. Let, let's go, Right? The water that's going to be available, whatever else is to drink up there, I have no clue, but it's just going to be amazing. Here's the other thing. They'll never be scorched by the heat of the sun. Well, there won't be a sun. Um, There will be no need for a sun, okay? Because uh, God himself will be more than enough to illuminate a new heaven and a new earth. No more sunburns. That's cool. No skin cancer. Hey, that's really cool. Um, that's That's good news for especially those of us who are in the sun all the time. No scorched by the sun. We know in the tribulation time, this will be an issue. People will be scorched by the sun. Verse 17, for the lamb on the throne will be the shepherd. The lamb will be the shepherd. That sounds like a contradictory kind of statement, right? Like what? No, the lamb who was sacrificed will be their shepherd because he is the good shepherd meaning he will lead them, he will guide them. It says right here, he will lead them to springs of life, uh, of life-giving water. And here's the cool thing. So you got Jesus who's shepherding people, even in heaven, leading people. Even in heaven, he's leading them beside the still waters and out to pasture and all this stuff. Like, that should start firing off things within your brain of like, man, what is heaven going to be like? This is crazy. That Jesus is, it's not like Jesus is just sitting around doing nothing and you're going to be sitting around doing nothing. No, it's like, it's an adventure with Jesus every single day. Jesus, where are we going today? Where are we going today? He's like, I got this cool spot. You'll never believe it. Let's go walk. Let's go on a walk. Let's go hang out for like thousands of years in this one cool spot forever. Like amazing, absolutely amazing. And then here's, in this chapter, if you, if you didn't notice, I mean, it, it does have reference to the Trinity because you're sealed. And when you're sealed by God, that's, that's his, his, his marking of you, showing like, you belong to me. It also means that the Holy Spirit will reside in you, okay? So you got the Holy Spirit that is referenced by way of a seal. You have God the Father. You have the Lamb who is Jesus. So the Lamb is going to shepherd, and then there's God. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So cool, man. They, they show up to heaven, coming out of hell on earth, literally. And there's God who is this one little phrase. I mean, it's not even a full sentence. You, you, should, you should underline that or put a star by it in your Bible. Mark it up however you need to. 
Because this one little phrase is absolutely contradictory to how the world views God. Because how, the world views God as this. He's just this grumpy old man who wants to punish everybody. No, he's not. He's a loving God who is just waiting when the time is right to welcome in everybody who received his son. And then you come in with tears, bring your tears. Because God the Father is right there to say, you know what, let me get that tear from you. That's not a grumpy old man. That's not grandpa in heaven that's just so mad. And you better not make the wrong move or he's going to send a bolt of lightning down and kill you. Does he judge? Yes. But never miss the compassion. Never miss the love of God Almighty. What, do your religious studies. Knock yourself out. Study other deities. I've done it. Knock yourself out. There is not a single one who offers this. There is not a single God, quote unquote, that offers to do this. Nobody. Buddha has never offered to wipe away anybody's tears. In fact, Buddha said, he's like, listen, I, he's like, I can't even save you. I can't even save you. That dude died, and he's still on the ground. His bones are anyway. Muhammad, never. Never. Never offer, and nor would he be willing to even say that God, as, or as they would reference, their reference for God, Allah, it's not going to wipe away your tears. The God of Christianity says, hey, I'm going to make every way possible for you to get up to where I'm at. And it really is. I'll, 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 we'll do all the work. We'll do the heavy lifting. I'll send my son to die on the cross for you. Um, all you got to do is receive that free gift. All you got to do is believe in him, and you, you just follow him. Follow me. But I'll do everything possible for you to get here to where I'm at. And not only that, when you show up, you got tears in your eyes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wipe those away for you, from you. I'll take all those things from you. Meaning this, I'll remove the suffering in your life. I'll remove that stuff. When you enter into eternity, there is no more suffering. There is no more pain. There is no more sorrow. There is none of that. Because God is there to welcome you in, to embrace you and say, listen, everything that you endured down there, it's finished. It's finished. Because up here, it's perfect joy. It's perfect comfort. It's, it's true satisfaction. It's perfect peace. It's perfect harmony. It's everything that we want here on this earth, kind of, but a million times more magnificent. Everything that your heart has been breaking for over the past few weeks, maybe the things that you want and that our world is just crying out for, but doesn't seem to know how to verbalize the fact that, yeah, I mean, we, we well, what do we, we want, we we want oneness. We want unity in that sense. Perfect unity comes from, well, Christ. Let's, let's just state it that way. Jesus. Jesus brings perfect unity. And there will come a day, new heaven and new earth, where 
man, if, if anything in current events has been showing us, I mean, it, it, this world has fallen, and it's busted, and it's broken, and it's sad. It's so sad because, man, everything that the Lord has intended from the beginning, he will ma- it will happen. He will make it possible. Um, and it can only be done through him. It can only be done through him. Uh, so I know people are looking for like this perfect utopia and all that stuff. It, it can't happen apart from Jesus. It just can't. It can't. And it, it's on its way. Let me say that. It is on its way. And heaven is going to be the sweetest place where, guess what? People of all different colors and backgrounds and all that, we've already seen that multiple times. It's been repeated to us. The Lord has been driving this into our heads and our hearts of like, he's like, listen, there are going to be a lot of different people who look differently than you do in heaven, okay? Earth, that's a good practice. Like, get to know people, right? Like, practice. it's a practice for what's to come, for eternity and all that stuff. But man, when we get to heaven, how sweet that's going to be. How sweet it's going to be. It's going to be amazing. Like, there are no words. I have no words to describe um, even just the excitement that, that just wells up inside of me of like, man, I can't wait. I just can't wait because we're all there. We're worshiping him together perfectly as God has always intended it to be. Um, May we as a church just practice that. May we as a church just get better at that on our way to heaven. Just saying, I don't care who comes through these doors. We're here for Jesus. Now, we're not going to like, it's, we're, not, we're not lowering the bar or anything like that. We're going to preach the word of God. We're going to proclaim the gospel and the fact that it is only Jesus that gets you into heaven, and it's his free gift of salvation. We aren't compromising at all on anything. But if anybody want to walk through, wants to walk through these doors and, and hang out, we're going to worship Jesus. Now, you may not agree with that. And I've had people reach out to me and they're saying like, hey, I don't really, this is who I am. This is how I live my life. Is it okay if I come to your church? And I say, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, but what do you think about this? I'm like, well, I don't agree with you. I don't. From the word of God. And I'm like, but I always say this, but I love you. I don't even know you, but I love you. I don't agree with you, but you can come hang out. You come hang out because here's what we're going to do. We're going to glorify Jesus. And I hope that what you see when you walk through these doors as we open up the word and as we sing these songs and as we interact with each other, that we're people that love Jesus. And we pray that that's contagious, that that's contagious. And if the Lord needs to do a work on anybody's heart, it's only him who can do it. So... We're going to keep doing what we're doing. We're going to hold fast to, what, you know, to un, you know, the, the things that are like absolutely, yes, Jesus, the Son of God, died on the cross, rose from the grave. All, yes, absolutely. We will never budge from these things. Never. Never. What happened to Dan? I don't know. Open-handed issue. I have no clue. I got no ideas. But you know what? You can come and hang out with us as we go on this journey together to maybe figure out what happened to Dan. I don't know. But we know this. We worship Jesus, and we will be a church that's about him, that's about his word, um, and that's about finishing the race that he set before us. So that's what we're going to do. So until we get there, let's, hey, let's practice. Let's get better at loving each other, falling more in love with Jesus, 
getting more into his word and just getting ready for eternity. What we learn from Revelation and many other books of the Bible is a continuous journey. We appreciate our time with you here today on Bread for the Broken. Our host is Calvary Galveston in Galveston, Texas with Pastor James Grizzle. This ministry is dedicated to spreading the truth of the gospel through the study and reading of God's Word so that everyone can find hope and new life in Jesus Christ. If this has resonated with your soul, we'd encourage you not to ignore that. Would you reach out to us by visiting our webpage, breadforthebroken.com? We'd love to talk with you. You can get started by locating the contact tab at the top of the page and submitting an email that will be securely sent to us. Better yet, why not come and join us as we worship Jesus together? We're a laid-back, uncomplicated group of people, simply seeking to love like Jesus better than we have before. We'd be overjoyed to have you come. Just mark it on your calendar Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. or Thursdays at 7 p.m. Take your pick or come to both. Understandably, not all of our listening audience is near Galveston, Texas, but we hope that you'll join us on our live stream so you don't miss out on any inspiring and challenging messages from Pastor James Grizzle. Make sure to visit breadforthebroken.com to learn more. Did the words you heard today make an impact on your day? Would you consider donating to this ministry? We're so thankful for your financial support. To get more information, go to breadforthebroken.com. That's all we have for today, here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man.